from SLB Radio in Pittsburgh, Youth Express, the nation's first 24-7 radio station devoted to youth writing, music, and conversation. I don't know why some people look down on people who either give up on college or never go in the first place. There are people that just hate you because of your race or ethnicity, but we are definitely making progress. She's hungry for everything, the life within, trying to find her way around again. Looking and searching is what she's doing. So I followed my brother down to the riverbank, and we donned our skates. While Lev hurried, I tarried. While Lev trudged through the slush, I caught a flake on my tongue. My parents are from Bhutan. They migrate to Nepal, and I born there, and I moved here in the U.S. So it's a long journey to get here. On today's episode, a youth rock group performs an original song and high school students at Pittsburgh Obama discuss ways that teens can get involved in politics. But first, students from around Pittsburgh talk about changes they would like to see in public education. This is Doriana Pei. I'm a senior at Willing Hills Junior Senior High School. Tran Lee from Penn Hill Senior High School, and I'm a senior. This is Stacia Hawthorne. I'm 17. I'm a senior at Penn Hills High School. This is Jayona Cobb. I'm a senior at East Allegheny High School, and I'm 18. And this is Naomi Terrell. I'm 18 and I'm a senior at Penn Hills High School. To start it off, I feel like they need to update how we learn and the material that we learn and what we learn. From elementary school to high school, I feel like we don't learn enough to where they, they need to teach us self-love. They need to teach us more sex education. They need to teach us more on how to succeed, we need to have business classes, mandatory African-American history, mandatory classes that will actually educate us on things that will get us good grades but will also make us good people. Yeah, and help us out in the real world. The standardized math, science, reading classes that we have now, it's good and all and it's beneficial in a way, but it's the same system that has been put in play mm-hmm. ever since the beginning of the education system started. We need a change because things are different today than they were mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago. Uh, I was just having this conversation with someone. I was saying school wasn't really like interesting to me anymore because I just feel as though I'm not learning anything that's mm-hmm. uh, benefiting me. That's going to help me when I get out of high school. If they had more classes that will actually help us and help you <coughs> succeed in life, uh, things like learning taxes, like mm-hmm. they don't teach any yeah, of that. Yeah. Like you said, business, mm-hmm. um, like go deeper into history, then people might actually enjoy going to school and might actually want to learn when you're just throwing these like books at us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm never going to use this. Enjoy. A huge thing currently is um, mental health is a huge problem. And I feel like we come to school and we have to act like we're okay, but really we have messed up home lives and we have things mm-hmm. going on inside of our house that we don't come to school and talk about. And we should there should specifically be a class to where we can come sit down and just have a venting session and we would have a a high level of understanding in between each other because like I said I feel like at the end of the day we all have our problems and if we talk about it we will all become more open and we need more mental health classes and we need more people to come talk to us about it through schools and everything because we got to wake up every single day and come to school for 180 days and I feel like if school was more appealing and it like we had more classes to where like if you like art there's actual artist classes there's you know what I mean different types of things like that like if you want to be a musician there's music class but not just music class to where we play the flute we should be 
educated on music and who started music and where music came from. Like, I feel like the education that we <coughs> learn is just, like, surface of everything, but we mm. never get deep on any topic at mm. all, not even math. Like, who started math? Where did math come from? It's just mm. like, here, this, two plus two. Like, it, everything is kind of just rushed into us, and it's like school is just to rush us out to, it's to teach us things and rush us out into the streets to work a factory job and just strip away your personality and strip away your passion and strip away mm-hmm. what you're here for just to go make money. And money isn't everything. Mm-hmm. I've seen this picture, and it said school isn't about learning anymore. At this point, it's just about passing. getting the grades and yeah. passing. Yeah. And I haven't, like, I felt that so much, and I feel like that's sad. Like. And it's bad when you get a teacher that you can tell they don't really care that much mm-hmm. about yeah. the students. It's not their passion. That's the worst thing. Yeah, it's the worst thing, because I'm coming here to learn from you. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to give me the time of day, then why, why should, should I, I give I you mine? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Why do I, yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. why do I have to sit in a classroom and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're getting paid to be here. Yeah. Right. I'm be I'm here because I want to learn. Right. And I actually had a conversation with one of my teachers um not too long ago and um I gave her my side of as a student because I feel like we don't do that enough. We don't talk to the teachers on yes. a real yeah, basis. You're right. Like mm-hmm. and I, I sat down her with her and she was complaining about how students were on their cell phones and I said, Well, look at it like this. We're coming to school and we have to fake like we're okay and we're really not okay. We're all stressed out and unhappy with our living situations and our parents stressing us out and everything. We don't come to school and we don't we can't talk. Mm-hmm. We can't talk to nobody. So what do you think we're going to do? It's like we have to come here and literally walk into class and literally, boom, start our work. But, like, can we talk? Can uh, we can ask if we're okay? Can we, you know what I mean? Like, are we okay? Are you yeah. okay? How's your life? I feel like we mm-hmm. need to just talk more, get to know our teachers. We need to have, like, a sit down just one day of a class because classes will be 45 minutes. We need to just sit down and get to know who the teachers are, their background, yeah. where they came mm-hmm. from, why they're there, exactly. if it's their passion. Is it their passion? What's their passion? You know exactly. what I mean? Like. There needs to be that, mm-hmm. just that barrier break. Yeah, like, because yeah. like people in our school, I know, like I feel like ninety percent of us have like a study hall class, which we mm-hmm. sit there and yeah. do nothing and sit on our phones. And then we could, I feel like we could put that to use and have like a like an open discussion type mm-hmm. of class, yeah. you know, or mm-hmm. like a current event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it's very important, more than like very important yeah. current event class are more important than like a history class. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. is yeah. because history is history, but present is present yeah. so we need to kind of focus on the present to focus on the future because exactly. the future is it's like exactly. the future <laughs> i think that's very important too um just recently i was like just having a hard time with balancing school and my job and the things that i was dealing with at home i have like a lot of siblings and then my cousins live with me too so it was just a lot of pressure on me so like i was missing a lot of days or coming late and i had a uh, my first parent teacher he was just like really annoyed and i just felt like how about ask if, like, is someone o- is okay? Like, why is that the mm-hmm. first thing that you go to? They think it's just like, yeah. Why, school on purpose. I don't know. I feel as though me as a teacher, I would be asking my student, like, are you on okay? Is level. everything mm-hmm. all right? They just go straight to, like, just assuming. Or, like, I had a teacher. She was listening to me in a friend's conversation. She uh, had made a comment about my shoes. She said my shoes were cute and asked me where I got them from, and I told her. I stayed after class to finish a test because, like I said, I had been missing a few days, so I had to, like, get caught up. And I was telling my teacher, like, oh, I might start cyber. You know, it might just be easier for me. And she's like, oh, do cyber for what? And I was like, I'm just going to um, stay home and do my classwork, but then I'll be able to get more hours in at my job, too. And she was like, oh, what, what do you need to uh, work so much for to buy a new pair of shoes? And it's yeah. just like, that, that wasn't like. even it, though. And it's like, you don't even know when I bought those shoes. Right. Not mm-hmm. only that, they were $25, which is nothing. I'm at working a bad $25 right. pair of shoes. My paycheck is way more than that. Right, like with and me. And I just couldn't believe it. it was just 
that she said that to yeah. me. They'd be kind of like when I actually was dealing with something so. closed-minded. Sometimes it's like that they don't. And they've been students before, they, which I was is weird. Say they don't, they so you would yeah. think yeah. they were they were in our shoes, but they forget kind mm-hmm. of. Like I'm a mom. I'm a 17 year old mom. So sometimes I can't be at school. Sometimes I'm not going to be on time. And I had gotten to a situation with my teacher because he thought I was purposely skipping my first period class, and I'm like. I have a two-week-old newborn. I'm trying to find balance, and I had to explain that to him. I love to be educated. I take education very seriously. I'm a very educated young woman. So I felt some type of way because I'm like, you cannot assume that a student is right off the bat, they're just skipping class, or right off the bat, they don't take education seriously, or I'm not coming here to learn, when that's not the case. We have our life problems, so we got to find balance as students and our life and bring it into school, and it's hard. That's why I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to talk more. We need to have open talks to where everybody can get what they have yeah. off their chest because some teachers will say, oh, you know, this student never talks, and they're never participating, and I'm like, maybe there's something on their mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something that they're going through that they need to talk about. We need to have mental health classes, yeah. and that's so important. Yeah. I feel like that's a step up to the education systems being better. Mm-hmm. We've been in school together for the majority of our life. Literally. And why don't we know each other on right. more of a on a deeper level? You right. know, teachers, students, everyone. Right. We spend majority of our time in school than we do doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why why is it that I only know basically your name right. and what class, what seat you First sit in in class? Right. Yeah, it shouldn't be that. I feel like we should all be closer mm-hmm. because we are a family in a way. And I feel like as humans in general, we need to work on that and just communicate more, mm-hmm. especially within the schools. And I feel like. Even talk to maybe, like, the school districts and just just have a communication level to where we're open and we can give them ideas on what mm-hmm. we think could, should be better. Like, our school has a support system, like a mental health support system that I started and me and a few other students started last year. But nobody knows about it because we don't communicate. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, we don't advertise. We don't communicate. And I feel like that is important. Yeah. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Now... The Electric Army, with an original called Zesty.
Disgrace, and that's just fine. You dance along, but we'll sing another song. Pass you by. You leave in disgrace, cherry blossoms are your face. Pat you by Ooh, darling Can't you see we're going up in smoke last segment, writers and editors of the Obama Eagle newspaper talk about getting involved in politics before being old enough to vote. My name is Sam Bisno. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Obama Eagle, and I'm a junior at Obama. Right now, I'm going to read an excerpt from a piece that I wrote in December of 2018 about my experiences volunteering for a political candidate, state senate candidate by the name of Lindsey Williams. So I'll just read a little bit about it, and then we'll open it up to a discussion. I've always considered myself political. I keep up with current events, I attend the occasional rally, I'm a member of youth in government, the whole nine yards. And perhaps no tradition is more time-honored when it comes to being politically engaged than anxiously watching election night results roll in. Usually, you're with a crowd of like-minded individuals. There's the designated 538 monitor, the self-proclaimed expert on the persuasion universe, 
and the disillusionment of the working class, the vacillating seer declaring righteous triumph and abject defeat with each tick in the percentages. You're all biting your collective nails, pacing with more vigor as the night drags on. Given its implications, it's hard not to romanticize this fateful Tuesday in November, to construe it as the defining hour of a candidacy, more than the culmination of months of hard-fought campaigning, but rather the only moment of true consequence in a seemingly endless election season. And then I go on to talk about how that wasn't really my experience, because I volunteered for a a down-ballot state senate candidate who only ended up winning by around 500 votes in a district of more than 200,000 people. And so for me, I felt my efforts really pay off. It wasn't just one night. There was no predetermined result, as the case is with so many elections. And so I felt really gratified. I felt like my work had really paid off. So I want to sort of pose the question to you guys, like, how important is it for us kids who can't vote yet to be involved in the political process? My name is Dylan Shapiro. I'm a freshman at Obama, so I'm two years younger than everyone else here. At times it feels like I'm almost farther away from the political process, but there are still plenty of things that you can do without voting. Volunteering for political candidates, you can donate money to certain campaigns. Not all campaigns will let you do it if you're under 18, but certain campaigns will. So there are all sorts of different things that you can do. And so I think that we need to have more active kids in politics because like a lot of things, education policy, education policy doesn't really affect uh, adults at all, yet they have all of the say in it. So I think that's a big issue where kids, the voices of kids need to be heard. My name is Amanda Jones. I go to Obama and I'm in 11th grade. They present like 18 years. There's like so many things that you can do when you turn 18. But I think that doesn't mean what you do leading up to that isn't important. And you have to be able to make informed decisions on who you're going to vote for. My name is Isaac Dragonholtz. I go to Obama and I'm 17 years old. The best ways to get involved are go volunteer, uh, knocking doors. It's a lot of work. Sometimes you'll end up in the middle of nowhere knocking doors. But, like, that's like going to people's houses, leaving the flyers, going up to their doors, talking about your candidate and the issues they stand for. That's, like, one of the best ways to, like, make a mark on them and influence the process. I think also, though, like, it's important to note, like, I think that's sort of the typical image of a political volunteer. I think I knocked on, like, 2,000 doors. There are other ways to get involved. You can just, you know, spreading the issue with the people that you talk with normally can be as effective as reaching a fraction of the people that you knock on the doors of. You know, there, there's the traditional political volunteer, and then I think there's sort of the modern political volunteer. And with every election cycle, it's more and more ingrained in social media. It's more and more word of mouth. Um, there's more and more non-establishment candidates running that really benefit from people just kind of spreading the word. So I think it's important to be involved in any way. I have a question for you, Sam. So like yeah. you were like you were, you you said you felt like really involved in this campaign yourself. Like how like how big of a role do you think social media played in this campaign? Social media was massive. So yeah, just a little bit about Lindsay. So she was a a liberal candidate running with a pretty pretty liberal platform up against a very conservative candidate. Neither one of them was the incumbent because her opponent had defeated Randy Velakovich in the primary. Mm. And her opponent began running a, not only a social media campaign, but also a mailing campaign and just like a flyer campaign saying that she was a, a socialist without any reasoning to say that. I mean, claiming that she was a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, which wasn't true. She lost their endorsement, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I hate to say fake news, but 
it's so easy to just spread lies nowadays. And I would go up to people as I was knocking on their doors and be like, oh, I've heard of her. She's the socialist, right? And then I'd have to tell them why she's not a socialist. Mm. And it's like it's just so easy to just spread information, whether it's detrimental or whether it's, it has a positive effect. One of the groups that I campaigned for was Our Kids, Our Commitment, which was the group that was sort of behind the ballot measure. I think there were a couple other ones that weren't particularly controversial. And I sort of felt like it shouldn't have been that controversial. Basically, what it would have done was slightly raised property taxes, and then it would have gone into a fund to pay for, like, school lunches and after-school programs for kids and stuff like that. But there was all sorts of faulty information floating around that... You know, like this money was actually going into a slush fund and then career politicians were just going to take out of it and then use it to fund vacations to the Bahamas and whatnot. None of that's true. I had all these little leaflets that had the exact wording of the legislation and it was like very much written so that that couldn't happen, so that the the funds would have to be used for this purpose and this purpose only. That ballot measure didn't pass, sadly. And I think that the reason that it didn't pass was because of that misinformation. I think in terms of a kid's role in, you know, quote unquote, the political process when it comes to their parents, voter turnout is never where it should be. I mean, never. And so it's it could be as simple as saying to your parents, hey, did you vote today? You know, it's right around the corner. You can just walk down and, you know, check the box. You know, it's it's your right and your sort of privilege as an American citizen to do that. Yeah, in terms of uh, talking to my parents about politics, I talk to my mom mostly because she is a political scientist at Pitt, so, like, it's her job to know a lot about these things. Most of the time our views align pretty closely, but there are a couple things that I'm sort of more friendly to that she isn't. So we would both probably describe ourselves as liberals, but I think I'm a bit more liberal than she is. So, like, I think the ideal healthcare system is a Medicare for all system, but I also think that it's very unlikely that any system like that would pass. And so it's kind of a waste of time to try. And she's more thinking that something similar to, like, a more refined version of Obamacare would be better. So, like, very small policy differences. I think what your parents believe sometimes that kind of builds the basis of what you can begin to define I'm a little bit more liberal than both my parents. That also just comes with aging and how they grew up. I would say that I'm definitely probably more liberal than my parents. My dad's probably a bigger friend of Bill Clinton than I am. (laughs) Uh, We had an interesting discussion about him the other day. And I think there are some issues that definitely I swing more liberal on. Like my parents are definitely less for like an increase in property tax and stuff like that because they're the ones that actually pay it. So, like, it's a little bit, like, harder to understand when when you're not actually paying the taxes towards that stuff. And I think that's, like, some, like, of where our differences come that maybe as we get older we'll become a little bit more fiscally conservative, less interested in, yeah. like, our taxes being raised. Fewer and fewer kids subscribe to the religion that their parents do. I think it's sort of like kids are becoming much more independent in terms of their religious views than they once were. So I think it's just sort of like an interesting little like microcosm of this dynamic. I don't yeah, know. that's true. Also, in terms of religion, I think kids are sort of moving towards being a lot more secular than their parents, for the most part. There are definitely exceptions to that rule, mm-hmm. but like I know plenty of people who 
sort of go to church with their parents because that's what their parents tell them to do. And sort of, but they just sort of tolerate it. They don't really, really subscribe to any of the beliefs or really feel that deeply about it, like the way that some, that their parents and certain other religious people do. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think uh, religion has definitely had a huge impact on our society. But I think that sort of looking at it as the lens of it's it's sort of this generation being different than their parents. I think that's sort of more positive is the sort of individuality. I mean, in terms of just us, our cohort, what, like 2002, 2001, 2000, technically like the first cohort of Gen Z, we grew up with technology. It's kind of crazy to say. We grew up with it. I remember when my dad got his first iPad. I mean, my little sister's generation, when she's growing up, that's all they know. Growing up with it, we grew up with a lot more information. We probably know a lot more about the world than someone did 20 years ago. And because of that, the things we do and like how we view the world is different because we have probably access to so much more information. And that's probably a lot more definitive in how we align ourselves politically too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Youth Express. Youth Express is made possible with support from the Henry L. Hillman Foundation, the Pittsburgh Penguins Foundation, and the 33 Foundation, and was produced by SLB Radio Productions. Learn more at youthexpress.org.